Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and today we've got a great show for you. We're jam-packed with news, including Netflix and why they're sticking to the binge model despite weekly episodes being a rumor. Uh, We also have Comcast pulling the rug on G4 TV, which uh, is big in the gaming world because the gaming-focused network was trying to make a comeback, and it appears that that's no longer going to be the case. We also have news on the sequel to Twister, uh, the 1996 uh, storm-chasing blockbuster, which has a lot of people up at arms, let's just say. And then we're also going to talk the turning point at DC, uh, as reported by The Hollywood Reporter later in the episode, as well as where is Cyberpunk Runners Season 2 at? and why it's looking unlikely that we'll get one. Uh, So that's all the news coming in this episode. Later in the episode, we are going to talk box office projection as Black Adam is now on the market and uh, what that means for superhero films in DC going forward, but also what it means for the theaters and uh, how big of a comeback can they have after a bad September, a historic low September for box office revenue. And then uh, finally, later in the episode, we're going to be talking about the Nebraska Anime Convention, which is taking place over the weekend. And um, Ren is going to join us later in that episode um, to break down what you can expect from the anime convention, some of the notable and noteworthy things, and uh, what you can do and look forward to if you're a Nebraska resident here in the Omaha and Council Bluffs area. So you have all that and more coming your way. And then later in the episode, we are also going to be breaking down um, what's new to streaming. Without further ado, let's get into the news. If you would like to support our show, consider joining the crew by subscribing to our Patreon. Every dollar counts towards commission for our contributors and improving our network. Membership to our Patreon grants you different perks, depending on what part of the crew you opt into. If you're someone who likes behind-the-scenes content, our director's crew has access to a close friends group on Instagram, as well as a Discord server and, of course, Twitter circles. Meanwhile, the producer crew is gifted discounted merch codes and exclusive video discussions, reviews, and vlogs. For executive producers that go above and beyond, we send a little special care package their way as a way to say thanks. Whether you're looking to gain early access to video content or listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Close Up with the Borough Reviews, you can find it all on our Patreon page. Membership is a critical metric that we use to indicate the success of our network, and we know that we can count on you for some support. Head over to patreon.com slash theboroughreviews to sign up. The Borough Reviews, your movie refuge. This week's headlines are from Forbes, The Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, and Collider. The big controversy of the week comes from Universal Pictures and Amblin Entertainment, who are meeting with directors hoping for a spring start on Twisters, a big-scale sequel to the 1996 storm-chasing blockbuster. 
Universal and Warner Brothers are co-financing with Universal taking the creative lead on the picture. Frank Marshall is producing. They haven't locked in a new director yet, but among the Helmers under consideration are the Oscar-winning free solo team, Dan Trechtenberg, who most recently directed the terrific Predator reinvention Prey, and Travis Knight, whose recent animated films were Missing Link and Kubo and the Two Strings. There might be one or two others in the mix. Sources said that the hope is to bring Helen Hunt back, with the drama that focuses on the daughter she had with the character played by the late Bill Paxton. And it's not surprising that they would want to revive Twister. The original film was indeed a huge hit, grossing more than $494 million worldwide, pushing the envelope on visual effects. Meanwhile, over at Netflix, the rumors surrounding the streaming giant's strategy have been swirling for months, with subscriptions down for the year and the addition of an ad-supported subscription tier, almost any change once thought impossible for the streaming giant now seems to not be possible, but inevitable. However, Netflix was quick to shut down one particular rumor in their Q3 shareholder letter. It seems that Netflix will not be abandoning its binge release method after all, despite rumors to the contrary. Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale has thrived on a periodic release structure recreating the tension between episodes that allows for an extended viewing experience. Disney Plus has also opted for a weekly release format for many of its series with ample success. Earlier this year, Netflix did go against their single release strategy for perhaps its biggest property, Stranger Things, the fourth season. It was released in two parts over the summer, and it seems that the strategy was successful given the absolute ubiquity of Hellfire Club t-shirts. However, it looks like Netflix is sticking to its binge model after all. And Deadline is exclusively reporting that Comcast Spectre Division is pulling the plug on video game-centric network G4TV, whose early incarnation in the 2000s remains a cultural touchstone for many millennials just after a year of its relaunch. In a memo to be sent out to all employees, Spectator CEO Dave Scott explained that the company's investments and efforts to revive the network just didn't gain traction. A few dozen employees and contract workers were affected by the shutdown. Comcast said it will assist them with outplacement and consider some for internal opportunities. With the release of Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam this Friday, and DC Films head Walter Hamada quietly ending his tenure in the coming days, DC is charting a course into truly unknown territory. In fact, without a permanent leader to guide the stable containing some of the biggest and best-known characters in the world, DC is currently the scene of a secret but dramatic IP land grab among some of the biggest players in Hollywood. The Hollywood Reporter can exclusively report that James Gunn, the filmmaker behind Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy movies, as well as the Warner's DC-based The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, is angling his own DC project. Sources tell THR that Gunn and producer Peter Safran are in talks with Warners for a mystery movie, possibly more, that Gunn would tackle. Warners had no comment, but as one insider observes, a carving of the comic company's intellectual assets is happening. Quote, DC is definitely in play, says this person. How much play will depend on your perspective from the inside and outside of the studio? Dwayne Johnson, who told the New York Times for a profile published on Monday that, quote, it's a safer bet to continue to invest in the IP that the world knows. The Justice League, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman. I understand that. But it took convincing to get the studio to look past the Justice League into the DC Universe, and there's some really cool characters there. You've just got to give it a shot and trust the investment. 
And I know that we've talked a lot about cyberpunk edgerunners on the Into the Burrow podcast, and fans that are hoping to see cyberpunk edgerunners land a season two are about to be disappointed. No, Netflix has not killed off your favorite show yet again, but rather in this case, CD Projekt Red is now admitting that there really never was any plan for a season two, and that this has not changed now even given the success of the series and the revamp and revitalization of Cyberpunk 2077. And that concludes your weekly news update. Hey, we have our own YouTube channel. That's where we upload video reviews of the latest TV shows and movies, stream some gaming content on occasion, and just recently we've started doing in-depth video essay analysis. We have a goal to reach 400 subscribers by the end of the year, and right now we are about 300 subs away from reaching that goal. We'd like to celebrate by doing something special for our followers if we reach our goal, and we'll rely on you to help us decide what we end up doing. To find us, simply go to youtube.com slash Reviews. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a like and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. All of the information that I'll be talking about today will be linked in our show notes, so you can check out the website for anything else I didn't mention. I hope you're all as excited as I am about Anime Nebraska in 2022. It will be taking place at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs. Your registration hours on Friday and Saturday are 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. The convention hours on Friday and Saturday go from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. There's so much going on this weekend and so much to be excited about, so I wanted to go through a run-through of some of my favorite things and what I'm looking forward to. There are so many amazing guests this year, but a few that I'm excited about is Max Middleton, who's known to us from Seven Deadly Sins as King, as well as he's super popular within the video game world, but I particularly know Seven Deadly Sins, which is just one of my favorite animes. Amber Lee Connors is another guest that's showing up. She's known for Seven Deadly Sins as well as Attack on Titan and a huge list. Just what a big name and it's so incredible that she's going to be there this year. If you're anything like me, Dragon Ball Z was such an intense anime that got me just immersed into the universe and having Damon Mills who's known for voice acting in Dragon Ball Z is so exciting and just an incredible name to have at Nebraska this year. The final guest that I'm excited about is Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, known for Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, which she did win an American Anime Award for Best Actress. She's also the ADR director for She-Ra and the Princess of Power, one of my favorite animes to date. Just so exciting that I'm going to be in the same space as her. Now, there's plenty of other guests that are going to be there. There's, those are just a few that I'm super excited about, and you can find the rest of the list on the Anime Nebraska page. One of my favorite parts about Anime Nebraska is the cosplaying. And one of the cosplayers that's going to be there is probably one of my favorites. I actually follow him on social media, so I'm really excited to see him being there. It's King Kitsu. King Kitsu is a cosplayer and designer and maker of the Geek and Bougie robes, which is such a cool and just incredible business that he started for himself, as well as I love looking at his Instagram feed, and you guys should definitely check that out. 
If you're looking to get autographs from any of the guests or cosplayers this year, um, they are going to be doing it a little differently. So they'll be scheduling um, a minimum amount of hours each convention day that the guest will be at their autograph booth. So it's a little different than just having them there. They're only required to be there for the minimum amount of hours, though they're welcome to stay longer. And those will be posted on social media platforms and in your registration books when you get to the event. If you're wanting to get any autographs or anything, they will have prints available, which will range from $20 to $50, depending on the quality of print and material. Averagely, you can expect to spend $25 to $60 for autographs for fan bra items or purchase merchandise. If you're wondering how to pay, cash is always king, and you know that the ATMs do run out, so make sure that you are bringing cash, as well as it looks like credit cards are taken from the squares. So keep that in mind that you might want to bring some cash with you. My favorite part of any convention at all is just the different vendors at come. So some of the vendors I'm excited about is Tasty Peach Studios, which will be at booth 54 through 56. It's a fan favorite kawaii plushie and apparel store. Anime Detour at booth 113 is a nonprofit three-day cultural, educational, and entertainment convention dedicated to Japanese animation and comics. I think it's super important and so cool that we have that moment to educate ourselves on what brought us all here in this common interest that we have and ways that we can be respectful. And if you're looking to support a local business, Cryptic Comics is actually local to Omaha. They'll be at booth 146 to 148, and they are a sponsor of NebraskaCon 2022. There'll be some cool tournaments happening while they're there. I highlighted just two of my favorite. You can call me a nerd for this, but on Saturday at 6, they'll be having a Just Dance 2022 Xbox tournament, as well as on Sunday at 12 p.m., they'll be having a Mario Kart 8 on the Switch tournament, which I'm not good at Mario Kart, but I do enjoy watching a good game. If I could list everything going on at Nebraska, I'd be here all day. But a few highlights of the panels that are happening. It will be a bunch of fun 18 plus events Friday and Saturday. They'll be having games of Secret Hitler, Unstable Unicorns, as well as doing showings of Fruit Basket 2019 and having different panels like Lolita Fashion 101 and Anime Quiz Kahoot. There's so many things going on this weekend that you should definitely check out the website that we will have linked below. You can look at the different panels. They have a really intricate calendar that you can see what's going on where, as well as the vendor maps and everything like that. In addition, Anime Nebraska is having a bunch of charity events that are actually going to be benefiting the Trevor Project this year. They have a goal of $2,000 and you can find information on their Twitter account. They will be having a dating auction Friday at 5 p.m. in the exhibit hall. Sign up in the vendors hall to enter as well as a live auction Saturday 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. in the exhibit hall. You can also get that information of where you can donate online on their Twitter account. I can't wait to cover this event and I'm so excited and hope that we maybe see some of you there. I know at this point you've heard a lot about our website, theborreviews.com, but I wanted to share some of the content that you can expect from us in case you missed it. On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, feature content, and more covering all types of cinema. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theburrreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company currently residing in Nebraska, we know how hard it can be to get your message out to the world and we are there to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll be able to find a list of submission guidelines on the page, but note that not every submission will be accepted mainly due to time restrictions, but we welcome all types of motion pictures, short films, and music videos. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge.
Halloween Ends led the box office last weekend with a reported $41 million opening weekend domestically. The movie had a softer start than expected, but it's still impressive considering its simultaneous release on Peacock likely to cut into the ticket sales. It's the first movie to open above $40 million since Jordan Peele's Nope kicked off in late July to $44 million. According to NBC Universal, Halloween Ends is Peacock's most watched series or film of all time over a two-day period, but the company stopped short of providing any data to actually contextualize that ambiguous milestone. It's impossible to know the amount of money that's left on the table with a hybrid release, though Peacock has significantly fewer subscribers than Netflix, HBO Max, and other rivals in the streaming space. This means those who were closer to the 40 and $45 million mark over on Twitter, which was a whopping 74% of our Twitter audience, were correct. But we have a bigger news story this week with Black Adam. After a three-month grind, theaters are primed and ready for the first all-audience tentpole since July in the form of Warner Brothers and DC's Black Adam. It's expected to drive the first $100 million-plus overall market weekend at the domestic box office since July when Nope debuted. Tracking has consistently pinpointed Black Adam north of Shazam's $53.5 million debut in April 2019, a worthy comp given the character's mythological relationship to Johnson's title anti-hero in Source Comics. Reviews are on par where we expected them to be after months of cautious social media sentiment following mixed trailer reactions, scoring 54% among 74 Rotten Tomato critics thus far. The high-low range for the three-day period of Black Adam domestically sits between 58 and 63 million. Over on Twitter, our audience was ready to go with all the answers to what Black Adam will actually do at the box office, prompting 26.8% of people to say 50 million, 55 million at 12.2%, 26.8% at 60 million, and then finally 34.1% of the audience says 65 million. Uh, that's a very diverse range of numbers. It's actually the most diverse that I think we've ever had in a poll over on Patreon. The sentiment stands between 55 million to 60 million. So, um, some good numbers there, I would say, for a box office range that has kind of fallen short in the month of September and late July. Um, so it's exciting to see that number kind of take back up, but we'll see ultimately where it lands this weekend with the Thursday night previews and then into the weekend. And I know you're probably all wondering what is new to streaming this week. Well, you know, we have a lot of streaming content, but also Black Adam the Dwayne Johnson starring feature is now in theaters and you can go watch it. Has a pretty special surprise cameo at the end post credit scene, I hear. So you should go check that out. Johnson has been pretty prevalent in teasing that himself and kind of honestly spoiling it. And if you know anything about DC and kind of the way that people are talking about that post credit scene, it's probably not hard to piece together what that is. But uh, nonetheless, let's talk about some other things that we've got going on this weekend. So first, I wanted to point out VHS 99, which harkens back to the original punk rock analog days of VHS. Um, that is currently streaming on Shudder, so you can go watch that if you're a fan of VHS. I know the team here at the Borough Reviews, specifically me and Linda, really appreciate VHS and, and kind of what that franchise has done. Um, you also have My Policeman, which is in limited release. The story centers around a love triangle between Tom and two people who are madly in love with him. Uh, it stars Harry Styles. A lot of good things uh, have been said about that movie, including uh, Styles' performance, which 
is weird considering how he was received in Don't Worry Darling. Nonetheless, that is out so you can go watch it. For video games this week, we have Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, which you can find on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. You also have Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, which is exclusively on PC platforms. And then the final two things I want to point out are Gotham Knights and New Tales from the Borderlands, which you can find on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and PC. In the case of New Tales from the Borderlands, you can also get that game on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, I'm kind of glad that they did a last-gen release for that uh, because I know a lot of developers are now transitioning to next-gen. And um, so when when we have developers that actually, you know, keep funneling content to those, you know, last-gen consoles, uh, it's really helpful not only to boost sales but also to keep goodwill as a lot of people still haven't gotten their hands on a PlayStation 5 with all the shortages i know that it's possible now but for the longest time you know it it was just impossible to get one um unless you were buying it directly from a scalper which we don't condone and then surprisingly we already have christmas movies uh well i i really shouldn't say surprisingly unsurprisingly hallmark has started putting out their slew of christmas movies um so there is a new movie titled we wish you a married christmas which is at 8 p.m. on Saturday night. Um, I believe that is 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, And yeah, We Need a Little Christmas, which debuts at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So they're already starting it. (laughs) Halloween's not even here yet, and they've already started their Christmas movies. How dare them? Um, I like Christmas, but I I don't think I would tune into the Hallmark Channel for any of that this weekend necessarily. Um, But yeah, that's what you got for new releases and streaming this week. Uh, and video games and TV and all that good stuff. Uh, let us know what you're watching uh, down in the comments below. I'll post a, a little Q&A on Spotify if you're listening, and you can tell us some of the things that you're checking out. What did we miss? Let us know, and I'll make sure to pin your comment down in the comment section below. And that is it for today's episode of the Into the Burrow podcast here on the Burrow Reviews Network. Uh, I want to give you a quick update on some of the things that are coming. So next week on the Into the Burrow podcast, you can expect the best horror films of 2022 and where to watch them. We're really excited to debut that episode. Um, Just to kind of give you a rundown of some of the cool things that have happened in horror this year, I've really liked a lot of the horror movies that have come out. In fact, dare I say that I've liked almost all of them. Uh, And that could just be my bias, but I, I think that there have been some really strong contenders for some of the best horror movies uh, in the last five years this year. Um, So that's surprising. I mean, of course, you're always going to have those hidden gems and stuff, but I feel like with between like Nope and Ty West and his, you know, movies X and Pearl, I think, and Barbarian, let's not forget, I think there are really strong contenders for some of the best horror that we've had in recent memory. Um, So you can expect that in the next week. Reddit stories, <laughs> which has been filmed, as I said last week, um, we are currently editing it. We hope to have that out sometime next week as well. Uh, the issue has been mostly the fact that we have this anime convention this weekend, and I've been kind of gearing up and getting ready to do some type of press with that. Um, we hope to cover that convention locally. It's one of the few things that we've done outside of the realm of film that we've done here in Nebraska. And so we're really excited to cover that and break all that down. We're 
going to have some type of coverage of it. I'm expecting to do maybe a couple of interviews. So I might have an article on the website. I might have a a podcast next week with some clips and stuff of interviews that I might interweave into the show. So bear with us as we do all that. You can expect our recap of House of the Dragon, episode 10, uh, the season finale of of this series, uh, one season in, and it's already been better than the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, not surprising uh, with where that show went. But I'm really excited to talk all that. We might do something special for it. I'm thinking maybe even like a like a live like chat after after it airs, uh, where we might do like a little non-spoiler review, and then we might dive into spoilers for the season. And maybe I'll have Ren on for that live stream. She's been kind of tuning in. She didn't want to. It was very reluctant uh, at first, but she has found that she actually really enjoys the series. So um, I want to have that discussion as someone who was never really into Game of Thrones and how they feel about this compared to their perception on the last. So we might do some of that next week. Uh, That's what we have in the coming week. I hope you all are doing well, and I hope you go out to see Black Adam if that's your thing. I hope you watch VHS 99 no matter what you do this weekend. You better be doing that uh, just to support Shudder. And then um, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye.